Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. down to you. We pray that as we give our lives, as we say, God, here we are, here I am, that you strengthen us to be a bold witness, to be able to proclaim you to others. So Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So as you've heard uh, Pastor Francis and I both say, today is Ascension Sunday. And there may be some of you that are going, well, what, what does that mean? What, what importance is Ascension Sunday for us here in Royce City? Well, well Ascension is a big deal. It's a big deal because it is the time that we remember that that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. That, that we, as we affirmed in the words of the Nicene Creed early in our service, that, that he not only died and not only did he rise again, but, but he ascended to heaven to where he sits at God's right hand, where he is. And this is the part that always just makes me smile. God, Jesus is right there beside God affirming us. He is right there by God lifting us up. He, he is speaking for us because of what he did. But there's a whole lot more that goes with ascension than, than that. Because ascension has given us a task. And that task is that we are now called to proclaim Jesus. We are called to proclaim Jesus, what, what, what he has done in our lives, what, what he continues to do in our life, what he will continue to do in our lives. We are to proclaim Jesus to the world around us. And I don't know about you, that gets me excited. I love to proclaim. I, I do a lot of proclaiming. If, if you follow me on Facebook, and, and social media, you know that I proclaim a lot of things. Here's a list of things that I proclaim on Facebook. And yeah, I know you all have probably, if you follow me on Facebook, you all have seen me post about one or many of these things multiple times. Just to start locally, Joe's Meat Market. I love Joe's Meat Market. Have some of the best meat in town. I know Butcherman's is great too, but Joe's is the place that I always go. And, and oh, their filet mignons are just amazing. Of course, being a Kansas boy, I'm a Kansas City Royals fan. And also, I'm a Kansas State Wildcat fan. By the way, they're the Big 12 football champions, right? I don't know if you all knew that or not. So, but also, you know, I, you know my love for smoking meat. But there's one thing that recently... I really got on a tear in proclaiming. One day I, I had a funeral up in Van Alstine that I went to, and on my way back from that funeral, I stopped at Bucky's. 
which you do when you go on a little trip, either short or long. And and as while I was in Bucky's, just getting my uh, my diet Mountain Dew and gonna be head back to the car and head back down down here, I uh, saw a line of people, like kind of stuck there in the middle of the store by the cash registers, and they were giving away samples. Absolutely, I don't mind if I do. So I went ahead and I got in that line and I, I, I went and they handed me the little cup and in it had these things that were called beaver twists. And, and these beaver twists, they're those, those little corn bugles type of things, the little those chips, and then they were, they were dipped in white chocolate. Oh, it was so good. So, so I, I had one, and so I immediately went over to where they were, and I picked up a bag, and I went and I bought it, and I, and I, I started on my way home, and I, I, I just ate one after another. After another. I didn't even get off of 75 to, to 190 before th the whole bag was gone. But the first thing I did, whenever I got to a stoplight, because I did wait to a stoplight, I promise, I took a picture of the bag, and I sent it to Tracy. I said, oh, Tracy, these are just amazing. You gotta try them. I, I, I shared with a whole bunch of other people. You gotta try them. These are so so good. If, if you have time today, go to Bucky's and go look for these Beaver Twists. They are amazing. And then I started to realize, you know, sometimes we really like to proclaim stuff like the Kansas State Wildcats, Beaver Twist. A, a restaurant or a store that we like to, to shop in, but how much time do we take to proclaim about the most important thing in our life? How, how much time do we really spend time to proclaim what it is that, that Jesus has done for each and every one of us? to share that good news with other people. See, that, that's part of what Ascension is all about. Ascension is Jesus giving us the opportunity to proclaim to others about him, about what he has done for us. So our scripture today is about the opportunity that Jesus gave his disciples and he gave to each and every one of us before he ascends into the heavens from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow as well. Hear the word of the Lord. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, of my, father, the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way when you have seen him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, so Jesus has his disciples gathered and he gives them these important tasks. And as I said before, these important tasks are the same tasks that, that you and I all have today. It is the exact same promise and the exact same call that we have in our lives, but it's just taken a while for it to get to us because, well, of our time change and time period and everything, but, but because we are now followers of Jesus Christ, we are given the same thing to do as his disciples were given back then. And, and this is the, the first time that Jesus told them to go out and proclaim. There, there, there was a dry run earlier in the Gospels. We, we see accounts of it in four different places in both Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I wanted to really point out one specific call that, that Jesus gave to his disciples from Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8. He calls them and says, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. So, so the question is, what is it that we as followers of Jesus Christ, what is it that we are to proclaim? The answer Jesus gave us. We are to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is available for each and every one of us. If we look throughout the entire gospel accounts, we see that Jesus mentions the coming of the kingdom of God 100 times. And, and it wasn't that the kingdom of God is something that, that we'll get later on. He is saying that the kingdom of God is something that you can grasp right here and right now. The kingdom of heaven is available for us to fully live in because Christ has come. Because Christ has come and lived a life like we have lived. So, so what we are proclaiming, we're not proclaiming to try to, to make people come along with us, but we are proclaiming to them that they can experience a life that we experience. We, we, we aren't saying that we're, we're trying to change your mind. We're, we're, we're trying to, to make you do something. We're saying we have something that we would like for you to experience because we have experience. Kind of like those beaver twists in a way. I've had these beaver twists. I love them. They are so wonderful. I want other people to give them a try because they're amazing. But just think how much more amazing is a life 
with Jesus than a little snack? How much more amazing is a, a life sharing the kingdom of God with other people than something that after a while you, you, you forget about the taste and then your, your tummy starts to growl and hunger for something else. See, see, proclaiming the kingdom of God is announcing that we can have far more greater things than anything that we could experience here on earth. Proclaiming the kingdom of heaven shares that we have the opportunity to provide opportunities for a healing and wholeness. Uh, this is part where we can kind of get stuck here in our time because we, we don't know if we have actually seen healing happen. We, we, we have not seen people be, being raised from the dead or being cleansed with leprosy or, or demons being driven out. But my friends, I think if we stopped and took the opportunity to look into our lives, we have seen where people have had healing and wholeness brought to them because of Jesus Christ. I can think of a former member of ours who moved closer to be with his family who had this diagnosis of cancer in his esophagus. And I remember us going around him and, and laying hands on him and, and praying for him and hearing the news that he was healed. I can think of people who we know who have, have had horrible experiences in their own lives where they, they felt trapped. And they, they felt like life was totally against them and when people gathered around them and prayed for them, they, they were released from their captivity. There's a pastor that I like to follow. Her name is Carolyn Moore. She is a pastor down in uh, Georgia, and she has a podcast. And uh, in that podcast, she talks about healing and wholeness. And she says, I don't want to spend time talking about what is happening with other people. I want to proclaim what it is that God is doing in the midst of our community. And my friends, that's the same call that I have for us today. While it's great to hear uh, of healings and people being released from, from captivity here and there and everywhere, God is doing something amazing here in Royce City. And we are called to proclaim that. So, so I'm going to give you just a moment. It won't, won't take a long time to this, but just, just sit there and think for a second. Where have I seen Jesus move in my life? Take a moment and think, where have I seen the power of Jesus Christ move to bring healing, to bring wholeness? Sometimes those answers of healing and wholeness aren't the answers that, that we want, but we can see that God works in those ways that we can then later give 
praise and glory to God for his goodness in our lives. See, there, there are three things that we need in order to experience the presence of God in our lives. The first is one that we have received, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Next week is Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the beginning of the church. But that even though that is a something we celebrate next week, the power of the Holy Spirit has already ascended, this descended upon us. And we share in that power. And we see it through this, through God's word. When we take a look and look through Genesis all the way through Revelation, we can see God active and alive in our lives. God active and alive in a way that, that when we see him move in scriptures, we see that same movement happening in our lives. And the final way that we see the opportunity to provide for healing and wholeness is when we take a look at the community around us. It is so important, my friends, that we celebrate the community that we have, the gifts and graces each and every one of you possess to do what? To proclaim Jesus. I remember hearing stories, and I've seen this, of our Wednesday night jam program with our, our Jesus and me. And I've seen pictures, and I've seen people just flooding into Wesley Hall to pour love and grace out on the kiddos from our community. And while we've had to, to back away from that for a little bit just because of the pandemic and other stuff that is going on, I just desire in my heart to see that again. To see adults pouring into Wesley Hall to, to provide meals for our kiddos, to, to sit at tables, to, to let them hear the stories of Jesus in their lives. So that the stories of Jesus in our little kiddos' lives because something that, that raises them up to experience Jesus through our adults. We, when we fail to do that, it's like saying that what I have of Jesus, I want to keep to myself. What I have of Jesus, I want to, to hold tight and not allow others to experience that grace. See, Jesus gives us these final words in Matthew 8. He says, freely you have received, so freely you give. Freely you have received and freely you give. When we take the opportunity to give, we are saying, God, I know that all I have is a gift. And I'm taking that gift and allowing others to experience Christ like I have experienced Christ. There, there's nothing in my mind than sitting down with a four or five-year-old and telling them who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in my life. There's nothing like sitting with a, a young adult or even somebody who is struggling with addiction or struggling with need of direction and sharing with them what a life with Christ can bring to them, the freedom 
and the hope and the love. So, so now we know what to proclaim. We have to ask, where do we proclaim it? Well, well Jesus gives us three examples in his story as he gets ready to, to ascend into heaven. He tells them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, now these are four different distinct places, but, but they're not something that you do separately. They're, they're all tied together. One of the, the scholars that I was looking at as we were preparing for the sermon, he says that there are ways that we can look at this passage. We can look at it that Jerusalem is where, where Jesus was executed. Judea was a place where his ministry was, was, was uh, denied or, 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 or turned away or rejected. Samaria was a place where people fell out of place or, or they looked down on those around there. And the complete strangers were those throughout the world. Uh, I, I think about that as saying, you know, Jesus is saying that I am going to redeem the place where, where my ministry was rejected to begin with. But I think there's another way that we can take a look at this passage. That when we take a look at Jerusalem, that that's where Jesus' home base was. That's where the resurrection took place. So, so Jerusalem for us is our home. Those that we live with. Th those that we are in deepest and closest relationship with. And if we can't take the opportunity to proclaim Jesus to our spouses, to our kids, to our grandkids, and invite them to experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ, then, then, then we're missing a vital place to share his love with others. When we take a look at Judea, Judea was the area around Jerusalem, the area where, where Jesus did his ministry. So Judea for us may be outside these walls, outside the walls of our homes, to those places where we work, those places that we fellowship, those places that we eat, finding great ways to share God's love with those around us in everyday life. Then we get to Samaria. I'm almost sure when, when Jesus told the disciples that you need to go even into Samaria, they were like, what? You've got to be kidding me. Those Samarians, I mean, they're, they're, they're the worst. They're, they're horrible. Why would I want to go into Samaria? But, you know, Jesus calls us because we all have a Samaria. We all have people that we maybe look down on. We all have people that we may not see as equal to us. We all have people who we may say, you know, we'll, we'll just let somebody else take care of that because I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to get messy with them. But Jesus still calls us to love them. Jesus still calls us to be in relationship with them. And Jesus calls us to share the good news that he died and rose again and ascended into the heavens for them, just as he has done that for us. And then finally, he says, to the ends of the earth. And, and that's what it says. We are called. 
to share the good news beyond this place, beyond our community, beyond those that we may have conflict with. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ because, my friends, there is nothing else that matters in this world except the fact that Jesus died for us. Jesus rose for us so that we may have life and have life abundantly. That is how we should live our lives. That is how we are called to be witnesses. How we are called to proclaim. If you take a look at our uh, spiritual practices for this week, it gives you an opportunity to, to look to see how can I become somebody who proclaims Jesus. And the first one is to just to hold on to a very familiar passage, John 3.16. But I want you to go a little bit farther than John 3.16 because I think we miss a little bit of what John 3.16 really has to say unless we go on to John 3.17. To know that God did not come to condemn the world, but to give life his love and his peace through Jesus Christ. Take a moment to reflect on that and then know that God has placed you in a particular place. I think a couple of weeks ago I gave you a practice to, to kind of text somebody that came across your mind and I did that a couple of times and I had a couple of beautiful conversations with people that I hadn't talked to in a while. And, and as I was sharing and hearing their story, it spurred me on to action. To say, how can I use what God has given me to bless somebody else? How can I use what God has given me to so that I can actively proclaim or, or be a witness of God's grace in my life? So that they may see him in me. I invite you to take these practices home and just think about how you can use these opportunities to say, you know, beaver twists are great, but the love and grace of Jesus Christ is so much greater that I want to share that love with others. Let us pray. Oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. And today we celebrate that not only did you rise from the grave, you ascended into heaven, and you are there at the right hand of God sharing for us, helping us to know that we rule and reign with you. And the kingdom that is here on earth is your kingdom. And when we fully live into that kingdom, we provide hope for others. So God, open our hearts and our eyes to see those around us. Not as somebody that we can try to recruit to our side, but to share with them what you have done in our lives so that they may see you in us. So God, we pray this in the strong name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Amen.